Hey friends, welcome to episode 30 of the Boldly Going Podcast. I am your host, your friend, the person taking you on this conversational journey, Jason Sowell. And uh, as you know, we like to have conversations here on the podcast with creative, brilliant, inspirational people of the universe living on planet Earth. And today's episode is exactly that with my friend Aaron Marie Garrett. Uh, Aaron and I grew up together in Panama City, Florida, and uh, she's got a, a, a great uh, career um, just an incredible story all the way around. Things that we talked about in the episode are great. Um, we kind of intended to talk about her career and ended up just talking about life in general and spent a lot of time on philosophy of life and looking at things as a certain perspective and pursuing dreams. As you know, uh, how it kind of goes here, we did talk about her career a little bit and how um, her life has affected her career and career affecting her life and all of that. Uh, the title of the episode today is You Can't Live in the Negative, and that was a big thing that she that she talked about, something she said. And and um, this is a longer title. It's not really the title, but something she said to point out uh, that's great in the episode as well. It's finding that one person that believes in you as a person. And uh, a, a brilliant, brilliant statement. Not just ta- not just finding people that believe in you uh, as a career or as the thing that you do or as a commodity, but believing someone b- that uh, believes in you as a person. Just you know, stripping away all the other things. Uh, that you know your job, um, whatever hobbies, all that kind of stuff. Strip all that stuff away. Who you are as a person. Finding that one person that believes in you in in, in you as a person. Uh, brilliant stuff that we talked about. She's really great. She's an actress. Um, she is a model. She's a host. She's a singer. She's a performer all the way around. Like she does a whole lot of different stuff, and we talk a little bit about that. You should definitely check her out. Check her out on uh, social media at E Marie Garrett, and you can go check out her website at um, AaronMarieGarrett.com. And you can also find her on IMDb. She's got some great films that uh, that she's in coming out. Some other stuff that she's done that you can check out on there. Um, but yeah, check out her career. Go check out uh, her on social media. Follow her. And uh, this episode is great. I'm really excited for you to hear it. Uh, couldn't be a better person for episode 30. Uh, real quick, before we jump into it, got to remind you to uh, check out our podcast network, the State Lines podcast network that we're part of, state-lines.com. Go check that out. Find some other podcasts there and uh, some articles that are there, some brilliant, uh, great stuff on the website that you should definitely go check out. Follow them on social media at, at State Lines. And... Um, Always want to encourage you to get involved in your community, do something to give back because you can find a lot of purpose in that. It can recenter your uh, your life, your perspective on life. And I would love for you to do that with my organization called Current Initiatives. You can check us out on on uh, social media as well at Engage Current. And uh, please go uh, go do that. Go follow all them. Go follow Aaron. Check out uh, what she's doing. And uh, all right. Listen to this episode, share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Here we go. Aaron Garrett, episode 30, You Can't Live in the Negative. Well, 
Because they've literally been in this industry for 20 years. Yeah. Um, now on both sides. Okay. So um, let me do a quick intro real quick just to let everybody know who you're... You're like, if you just shut up, we yeah. can start. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my friend Aaron Garrett. Do you go by Aaron? What do you typically go by? Aaron Garrett or Aaron Marie? I know I've seen different... The full thing. Aaron it's, Marie Garrett? It's just more fun. Okay. There's more words. Got it. <laughs> okay. So Aaron, Aaron Marie Garrett... We grew up together in Panama City, Florida, um, and now you're in Dallas. You've been here for, like you said, for 20 years. Well, no, and I've been here for 10 years. Oh, 10 years. Yeah. You've been in the industry that you work in for 20 years. For almost years. 20 years. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I didn't realize you've only been in Dallas for 10 years. Well, I've been, well, no, I guess it's been, no, I guess it's been almost 17 because I've been here since 2000. Okay. So, yeah, I guess close to. Oh, yeah. That is yeah, yeah. Because okay. I moved, I left Florida in 2000. Did you come straight here? I came straight to Dallas. Okay. Why did you come to Dallas? Well, um, not to get my family involved, but my mom lives here. She and her, okay. uh, my stepdad. Gotcha. So when I first moved here, I moved in with her before I, you know, could find a place to live. And then when I found a place to live, you know, things started from there. So it was just, it. it was, it was far enough away from high school and that crowd that you feel like, okay, I can go be myself and people don't have to know my business. Yeah. But not so scary that you don't know anybody there because I think that people when they move to a new place and there's no one that they know that's when I think they change their mind and come back after a couple months because it's just it's it's a little too raw yeah you know yeah it's definitely it's tough moving away from your because I know you did too yeah I did I moved to I fortunately went to school out of out of Panama City so that that helped but then moving to Tampa I didn't know anybody in Tampa yeah but you were still in Florida so is it still yeah. Comforting or not um, really? <laughs> Let me interview love, you. No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, no, I, I love I love Florida. Tampa's great. I wouldn't want to live in Panama City again. No. But um, it's far enough away that it's definitely different, different vibe, different city altogether. Chance to grow. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but it's close enough that I'm close enough, close to my family. It's easy for parents to visit back and forth, that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, it's not bad. But I, You're a you know, good Panama son. City. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Panama City is interesting. It's like a black hole. I feel like that you don't. If you don't get out within a couple of years to do something else, it, like you kind of get sucked because in. Because we both just... know so many people that are still there. I haven't really done anything. You yeah. know, though, I think I don't know if it's just if it's that town. I think it's a small town vibe in general. And even though yeah, where you and I were still had its its draws because of the tourism and the clubs and the whatever. Um, we all know that off season when it's winter, nobody does anything. But right. I think that that's so. Ours was a little different, but I think that's a small town thing. You know, some people grow up in a small town and they live and then die there. They don't really get a chance to experience the world. And I think part of it has to do with your upbringing. You know, whether your parents yeah. are giving you enough support to say, "Hey, you know, leave the nest," mm-hmm. or if it's just something innate within you that just makes you want to go. Which, yeah. like me was just out done gone yeah. gotta go find me and new stuff and I think you know also being a military brat that was easier for me because mm-hmm. as a kid every two to four years we were uprooted so you cry you're sad but then you meet new friends so as an adult you never really meet a stranger yeah you know you're used to having to start over start over start over so like I said I think it just depends on where you come from and your upbringing yeah that's and true. you I mean you've been you know outgoing and doing things like that too mm-hmm. so it's a personality thing and yeah. I guess a upbringing thing yeah it's, yeah for sure if you're timid and shy you kind of want to stay 
you know, where you yeah. are. And if you're not, you're like, what's out there? Let's go find things and mm-hmm. do stuff. Yeah. So. Um, not to get too deep into this, but um, just because I'm curious, as being a military brat, moving so much as a kid, what was that like for you? Did you like it? Was it okay? When you're little? I mean, it's horrible. I mean, when you're a kid, you make friends, you're in a school, you get settled, you know, and that's all you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember being in Colorado and making new friends and had a cool house and we did all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're scooted off to somewhere else. Um, so it's sad and you cry. And then, you know, being a kid from, you know, a split family, that's hard too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and you've, you've known my brother too forever. Um, being young, you know, it, it, it's a lot. I think it's a lot to take in. But again, I think, I think that's what shapes you as an adult. I don't think that, I don't look at it as a negative. You know, a lot of people look at things like that as a negative. Oh, you know, your parents split. Oh, you had to move all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know kids have had it worse. You know, yeah. or people in other countries that don't even have a house or anywhere to go, and they're always on the move. I mean, so yeah. who am I to say that my life was just terrible? I mean, I think I, I had a decent life. Yeah. Or am having. Right. <laughs> None yeah. of it's over. It's, it's ending right now. <laughs> After this interview, <laughs> done. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good, that's a good perspective because then people do get. It is really easy to focus on the things that you didn't like right. or we didn't like and forget. Like, yeah, I had a pretty good compared to. Yeah, I mean, you can't live in the negative. In the That's not yeah. living. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You have to boldly go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. I like I like how you pulled that back in there. You're welcome. I I'm, I do a lot of interviewing. Myself. Yeah. Um, also, let me give some perspective for everyone listening. You can hear we're in the lobby of my hotel in Dallas, so there's a lot of noise yeah. that you'll kind of hear in the background. Suitcases so rolling that. and some fish that may or may not be real. Yeah, these are some interesting. <laughs> these are some interesting uh, tanks over here. So very Vegas. Um, so <clears throat> tell everybody what you do, like what your oh, Lordy. well, <clears throat> and I, I like to say not just what you do, but who you are, like what your. The easiest way for me to explain it would be to say that I'm an actress and an entertainer. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a little too hard to pinpoint, you know, one thing. Yeah, because you do uh, a lot and you've done a lot. Right. Um, I mean, I've, gosh, if you want to start back from, you know, Florida, I competed in Miss Fitness Florida, won tall class in that, and then went on to uh, Miss Southern USA and won that, and then they wanted me to go to nationals, but then there was the talk of steroids and, you know, being able to compete at that level, you had to do it. Oh, yeah. And I said, absolutely not. I am not turning into a man. It's not happening. Yeah. They were, so were they there were like several girls that, that open, did it. Like that straight out about it? Or was it, it just... wasn't it wasn't the organization. Okay. Um, let me first go ahead and say that. Sure, and it yeah. wasn't the people that I was training with. It was people that were in the gym that were talking to me about it, saying basically if you want to win, you're gonna have to do this to get because the female body cannot get that ripped without some assistance and some guys do it too, which I think it's a little different now. There's a lot more natural competitions, but that's kinda how life and entertainment started for me. I know I mm-hmm. used to sing in high school and church with you and yeah. with Kyle and a couple other people. Um so I've always been an entertainer. I mean even as a kid playing all the sports and doing everything, I never wanted to sit still. Yeah. Neither did you. Um but that was when I was like done. And then the guy I was dating at the time who unfortunately now has passed was doing it too. So it was just, I think it was a way for me to get involved in something away from home and Mm -hmm. doing things. But once that was told to me, I was like, Nope, done. And then, you know, a few things happened, um, family wise and just decided to move to Texas. So with those two titles under my belt, I got some work here, 
um, doing swimwear modeling and fitness modeling and stuff like that. And uh, long story short, a photographer that I guess had found me from Florida and at one of the competitions knew um, George Dawson, late Kim Dawson's husband of one of the major agencies here in Dallas and said, you either need to go talk to her or go to Miami because that's where you're going to get work. Never even thought about doing anything like that. I think I'd modeled for like some small beach shop back home and I thought the guy was hitting on me. Mm. And then when he told me he was going to pay me, I was like, oh, okay, it's a different story. Okay. Um, I didn't realize that it was a, a profession and like a job you could do. Okay. You know, I just, to me, you know, the models that I'd seen as a kid were these 10 foot tall Amazon women on TV and mm. didn't think that, you know, that was even an idea because I was so involved in like performing and athletics at that point. Yeah. Um, I didn't know there were other genres that you could do, which, um, so yeah, that's kind of, kind of how I ended up here for the most part. Um, I guess Miami was just too far and too scary. I don't know at Mm -hmm. that point, but like I said, my mom being here, it was sort of an easy thing to do. Um, so I went into their office and talked with one of their agents and she said I needed to get some more pictures done and I started working. It was crazy. And I didn't really consider myself a professional model until I got my first check in the mail because I was like you know all these girls say that they are but I think if you're going to consider yourself a professional at something you should be paid for it and by a company you know that's just my own personal opinion you mm-hmm. know because if you, when you go to college and then you get a job and they give you your paycheck let's say you're an engineer you are an engineer once you receive that first check I have been paid to do this job so that's yeah. kind of how I viewed it okay and so as soon as I got that in the mail I think I danced around in circles in the house and was really excited because I was like, no, I'm a model. Yeah. <laughs> I have a check to prove it. It's got my name on it. Did so that's, uh, that's kind of how. Did you actually, did you, did you cast the check or did you keep it like? Oh no, no. Like... I put it in the bank right away. But you know, I mean, let's carry I mean, a like, picture of it around. Yeah, I actually got paid to do But this. I mean, like even when I was little, I think, I don't remember if it was our church or one in Colorado somewhere, but I started doing like small acting roles that I think the first one that I did was like Noah and the Ark and it's even in my bio I was like seven and I played like the girl that didn't want to get on the Ark like okay. the harlot at seven <laughs> years old already labeled oh. no chance <laughs> I'll never oh, forget how much makeup they put so, on me that's so funny that's, that we would do that to seven kids years too old. and put them in a role like that oh my god I was the girl that was like no please take me with you I don't want to die in the flood I'll never forget it that's I'll never amazing. forget it Seven, and they were like, "Nope, you're you're the bad girl. You are gonna stay behind. I have no chance." <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that's so. Here big. is my life. Yeah, so I started doing yeah small little acting roles when I was little, and like I said, you know, saying with you guys in school and church and stuff, and then ended up here and um, took a few acting classes. Kim Dawson's uh, agency, they have a um, an acting studio that's affiliated with them called Katie Studio here, and convinced my mom that that was going to be my college you know finishing school because mm-hmm. I started at, um, at Florida Gulf Coast mm-hmm. and most of what paid for it was I got that cheerleading scholarship so that was awesome because you know I moved out and didn't oh, have any money yeah yeah I moved out and moved in with um, a girl that I had met who was actually at that Oh gosh, wait, let's, let's backtrack. So I'll never forget, I actually got in trouble because I remember it was one year for spring break, MTV was in town, mm-hmm. and so it was like, it was like WWE or somebody, Yeah. and I remember I was walking on the beach with a couple other people, and they literally pulled me off the beach, and they were like, come stand in the rain, and I was like, terrified, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? They're like, nothing, just wave at the crowd, wave at the camera, so I'm like, you know, those weird, like, yeah. pasted on grins, just kind of 
that was how it started after the fitness stuff because I'd done that and then started doing that. That's right. And somehow some photographer got my picture and put me in the paper and I got handed a new one by my dad when I got home because I guess the deacon board of the church found out and so at seven years old I was a harlot and boom there now I am again (laughs) (laughs) here we go yeah that's yeah I'll never forget that so that was kind of that was I think kind of the last straw for my dad though and that's what I think just kind of gave me the courage to sort of get up and go I was like well you know what I'm gonna be in this I'm gonna dive in head first yeah um and not that I was doing anything wrong obviously but sure when you go to a private Christian school your whole life. If you wear anything that's two inches above your knee, mm-hmm. then you're dying and going to hell and burning for all eternity, which yeah. I think is ridiculous. Um, yeah. I mean, those cheerleading uniforms, those skirts were so Oh, my long. God. I had, I had convinced, I remember I convinced our principal at the time that, because there was myself and two other girls that were gymnasts on the team, that when we tumbled, the skirt went over our head and we couldn't see and it was mm-hmm. hazard. And I said, you know, do you really want some Makes broken sense. legs and broken arms on your cheerleaders? It's like, that wouldn't really reflect good on you. I'll never forget, I marched right into his office. It was pretty ballsy when I was younger. I did that for my brother, too, when he got in some trouble. Yeah. I kind of threatened to say a few things. Um, but then they shortened him a little. But, yeah, I remember getting teased really badly um, when we would go to competition because we were a good squad. And they would, the other girls would be like, are y'all going to prom in those long dresses? I'll never forget it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Although, but, I will say it wasn't as bad as some that we played. Because I do remember one time, <clears throat> vaguely, one school that we played, they made, I think it was basketball, and they weren't long enough, and so they made the oh, I'm sure. wear, it, wear their, you know, that's, wear your, like, warm-up pants or whatever, yeah. instead of your It never your has skirts. anything to do with religion. It always has to do with someone's opinion, I noticed, yeah. you know, which mm-hmm. is just dumb. It's like, they're kids. Yeah. Let them have fun. Let them go play. Yeah. You know, but until you point it out, nobody's paying attention to it, you right. know? Yeah. That opinion usually, though, is masked in their religion. Absolutely. Kind of, yeah. But yeah. it is their... Yeah. So... Yeah. And not that I'm not a Christian. I just think that it's between me and God and not everybody else or anybody else's business, what I do or where I go. And, yeah. you know, I don't think... I've seen so many people that... And not to flip this into a religious mm. conversation, but I've seen so many people that consider themselves to be, you know of a higher place in religion and they are some of the most evil people that I think I've ever met. Um, I know in particular a friend of mine who is a director producer who considers himself to be an atheist and is one of the kindest men I've ever met. Mm -hmm. Um, Does a ton for homeless people and um, shelters and you know gives food and there's people that have money coming out of their ears that are you know super super religious and don't lift a finger because they don't want to get dirty it just Mm -hmm. it kind of grosses me out um so i don't base anything on anything like that anymore and i can't say that i've been to a church in however long because again it's between me and and god and nobody else and if i can help somebody then i will Mm -hmm. you know i'm there to help people i'm not here to glorify everything that i have and do and right you know so I don't know that it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, which is, I think was another reason I wanted to get out of town. I was like, I got to get away from this. Something about this is not right. This, yeah. this is, there's a wrong here. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not how love is supposed to be. And yeah, but yeah, I remember, I remember doing no, don't that. you know love is conditional? Oh yeah. You... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Considering many of my relationships, I'm sure it is. <laughs> 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 yeah. If you do this, if you look like this, we're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating mm-hmm. that, that that same idea 
does make its way into something that's supposed to be, you know, religion, for lack of a better term, that's supposed to be non-judgmental based on anything. Well, that's in life, though. You know, yeah. I mean, you people get jobs because of who they know. You mm-hmm. get you get things because of who you know and where you. I mean, that's you have to come to a point where you realize that's just life. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't change it. Right. You can do what you can to help the people around you, but you're not going to change it. Mm-hmm. That's just yeah. how it is. But you don't have to be that way. It's hmm. essentially the way, I, that's kind of the way I look at it. It's like, yeah. yeah, I get it, but I don't have to right. have that that's way your as opinion. much as you're I can. You're absolutely allowed to have it, and I'm also allowed to have mine. Have a mm-hmm. great day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so, just out of curiosity, too, in the, with the industry that you're in, um, I'm sure, I feel like maybe you've gotten, or you would get, well, go ahead. Say it. You can't Harden. be a Christian. You can't, no, well, I'm saying like you can't have. You can't be a Christian. How can you be a Christian and do the, whatever it is that you do in the industry, entertainment industry, um, you know, modeling, other things that you've done? Have you gotten? Or has anyone said, "Well, how?" And you say that you're a Christian. We can't be a Christian and do that kind of stuff too. Sure, I can. Again, it's not your business. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what I do behind closed doors is my own personal business. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I've said, I've seen people that are in higher powers and they don't do anything for people. I don't, and if you want to go towards the, I guess, the the risque side of it, you know, as far as, especially on the modeling side, not so much the acting side, because acting is a little more performance-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you're in a costume for a character or whatever, which, you know, I've done some risque roles. But to me as an actor, um, one of my favorites is Anthony Hopkins. You have to kind of displace yourself and I'm, I'm a method actor. And so you just sort of put yourself in that body for a while. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've gone so far, I have a scar from the last film that I did or the second to last film that I did where I smashed a, it was like a little jewelry dish and they were trying to put something on me and I was like, no, I have to feel it. I got to know what it feels like and crazy as it is, but I have to feel how that person would feel. So that's different modeling. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're expected to be depending on what, genre they put you in um if you're i mean god knows maybe i'll be 80 and be a catalog grandma model modeling Mm -hmm. scarves which would be great because it's still you know income um and fun but when you're younger if you are there's a certain type if there's a lot of runway models that are like you know 10 feet tall and they have very interesting looks they don't necessarily get pushed toward the sexy side if you're not then you and you have a baby face and the curvy body or whatever, you, you get pushed towards that immediately. I can say I've turned down Playboy twice. Um, and not because I have a problem with them. I think, you know, whatever company they want to do. I just know girls personally that have done it and are either still bartending or waitressing or doing something else. It didn't really do a whole lot for them career-wise. And I tried to look at everything that I was doing as, is this going to catapult me into a different spot of my career? Am I going to be able to make a better income because of this? Mm-hmm. Where am I going to go after I do this? What's it going to do to me if I do this? It wasn't, you know, oh, I'm going to disappoint my parents. I'm going to disappoint, you know, whatever else. It's just a decision that I made. Yeah. You know, um, have I done risque stuff? Sure. But it was always my decision, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's something that girls when they're starting out too, if they don't have a stage mom pushing them into it, they, they kind of get talked into a lot of stuff. I've walked off set before and I've walked out of a director's room before because he propositioned me. Um, I walked off set because some guy wanted me to hold something in a certain way that I just did not feel comfortable with. And I walked straight up to the guy that was, you know, basically the stage manager and told him what was happening. And he went crazy. He was like, Oh no, no, we're not supposed to do that. But people are going to take advantage of you in life all the time. If you let them, Mm -hmm. you have to be the one to put your foot down and be an adult and say, 
you know what? No, this isn't good for me and I don't feel comfortable doing this. And what you're doing is not professional. Does it happen? It happens all the time. I mean, you, you can look back at amazing talents like Shirley Temple and some of the others who were now they're finding out we're molested even as kids mm. people are going to take advantage of you if you let them and so I think if you, you know you've heard the term you got to have a thick skin to be in this industry mm -hmm. you do you have to have a sense of self you have to know who you are and what you want and not let anybody take it from you are you going to lose some jobs sure can you face yourself in the mirror in the next morning yep Mm. and go, you know what, I got this, this, and this based on my talent and based on my professionalism, and if they wanted me for that, then I'm not the girl for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know a girl personally who has done a couple of big films that came out recently. She's never taken an acting class in her life. Um, she did some Playboy College thing or whatever and has done a couple of things, and I've seen some, some stuff. I don't personally know what she's done, but... I, you can imagine how you get there and mm -hmm. that happens, you know, um, cause again, it is a business and all who you know, and I can't say that I haven't gotten things because of who I know, you know, um, I've gotten repeat jobs because of who I know, but I, I like to think that it's based on the fact that, you know, I showed up on time. I was professional. If we were on set for 16 hours, I'm not complaining going, Oh my God, where's my food? Where's my water? Where's my coffee? Mm -hmm. Because everybody's there working, you know, it could be 32 guys in a crew or it could be 500 people. Everybody there's working. You know, mm -hmm. everybody gets tired, everybody gets hungry, and you're just trying to get that product out. And I think that if you really love that industry, that you're going to do it because it's in your heart and your passion. You know, and that's kind of how I look at it. It's like, you know what, we put in hours and hours, and after every single film I've done or anything I've done, it's like part of me just starts crying because you build such a relationship with that team, mm -hmm. and you've created this art, and you're proud of it because you worked your ass off to get it done, mm -hmm. you know? Um so it's always bittersweet, but yeah, and I always lean more towards the acting because I'm a performer, but the modeling is there. I've worked with a lot of really good people and I've, like I said, I've walked off set with some, um, the fact that I'm still doing, it, it's crazy. Um, you know, I'm not going to stop until I have to, mm -hmm. I really, I just, I don't want to, I don't feel like you have to. And I, I think that people appreciate confidence too. If you walk into a room and you're scared shitless and, oh, can I say that? Yeah. You say <laughs> um, yeah, yeah say and want. if, um, you know, you don't believe in yourself that you can do it, then the people that are sitting behind that table, basically writing notes, deciding if they want you for that, you know, catalog or role or whatever, they're not going to believe you either. Mm -hmm. So going back to my childhood, I think that a lot of it kind of prepped me for where I am. You know, you kind of have to be tough and be like, okay, you know what? And I just have to try it mm -hmm. to see what happens. And what's that, what's that mm -hmm. saying that's out right now where it's um, one person says, what if I fall? The other person says, oh, darling, what if you fly? You just kind of have to have that mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know. Yeah. Everything's an unknown. You always take a chance in everything you do in life. You take a chance every time you walk out your door and get in your car. Yeah. But people do it every day, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So you walk into a room where four people are sitting down with a, you know, a clipboard and a pen. What is so terrifying about that? Yeah. They could hate you because, oh my goodness, you look like their cousin that they can't stand. Or your voice reminds them of their ex-girlfriend and they just want to kill you. Mm -hmm. You don't know. Or they could think you're the most amazing thing in the world and be like, oh my God, you're perfect for this. Yeah. You know? So I guess part of that's what's, it's what keeps me going. Um, it's always something new. It's always exciting. You know? And I'm still a performer. I still do some singing things here and there. And I still do some weird acrobatic stuff here and there um, which is funny because my mom would always be like where do old cheerleaders go <laughs> <laughs>
I'm like, well, Mom, I guess they're fine because I'm still doing stuff. Um, Where do old cheerleaders go? That's that funny. She used to tell me that. Where do old cheerleaders go? What are you going to do? I'll figure it out. Um, I am finishing my degree in journalism because mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to when I moved. I had to start working right away because, you know, at, at 17, you're kind of kind of young and scared, but you have to figure out a way to survive, and I certainly didn't want to live on the street, um, and I didn't want to ask anybody for help, um, and it's it's been a while, but, you know, I'm not doing it for any reason other than the fact that I want to have it under my belt, and I'm a creative person, so as a writer, it could come in handy, and, you know, I can write my own screenplay or mm-hmm. assist with something else, and it's just always learning and mm-hmm. reading, so that's kind of fun. Um, I'm proud to say that I'm, I've been accepted into the Honor Society. Nice. Um, so that's that's kind of cool. Um, I'm, I'm a little worried about my next math class because I'm really bad at that. The last <laughs> time I took one, I cried. So that makes me nervous. But yeah, I don't blame you. I'm sure you'll be fine. But I don't blame oh, you. Oh, I'm sure I'll have classes. a tutor. <laughs> I'm sure I'll have somebody <laughs> helping me and holding my hand while I write. But, yeah. So um, what, you're, what you're in now, was this... Would you say that you, as a kid, like, I know this is what I want to do in my life oh, one yeah. day? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Okay. Ever since I was little, I, I remember, in fact, my mom somewhere has a video of me. It's some home video, and I, I don't know if it was when we lived in Ecuador or we were in California, but I'm on, you know those, like, old plastic bouncy horses on springs? Mm-hmm. And I had no hair. I was bald as bowling ball <laughs> when I was little. And then when it came in, it was, like, these white puffs, which now I'll never go blonde again, but... Um, she'd put this dress on me and these big, like heart-shaped sunglasses, and they, I guess, my dad turned the camera on me, and my mom was like, "What do you want to be?" And I'll never forget it because I remember watching it like when I was older, and I said, "I want to be a movie star," and I was like three or four, mm. you know? Yeah. And I haven't changed, and I, I remember getting in arguments with both of my parents because they were like, "You know, when are you going to get a real job?" When are you going to go work in an office? I'm like, oh, so when am I going to be miserable and do a nine-to-five and uh, stare at a wall every day? Go from a box in my house, a box in my car, and a box in an office? I'm like, what kind of life is that? Mm-hmm. Live, work, die? Really? Ugh. Yeah. No. And, you know, and so I've reminded them, I'm like, have I ever changed my mind? Is there anything that you've ever seen me do mm-hmm. that has said otherwise? Sure, I've had regular jobs or whatever because, you know... It's starving artist happens. You mm-hmm. have to figure out a way to make money because so you can eat and have somewhere to live. But um, I've never changed my mind. I don't want to be in any other industry other than this. I'm going to be an old crazy lady <laughs> like Betty White still doing this crap because yeah. it's it's my soul. It's what I love. Yeah. There's there's literally nothing else that makes me happier. I've lost friends. I've lost family members. I've gone through relationship after relationship after relationship because either they were insecure about what I was doing and where I was and I'd be out of town. And you can't you can't really explain that to somebody either. Um, you know, I've been married and divorced now. Um, you can't tell them, oh, I'm on set for 18 days in another state and I'm, no, I'm not sleeping with everybody in the cast because mm-hmm. if somebody's in cons- insecure with themselves, they're not going to believe that. Yeah. You can't force them to think that, you know, you know, you're not doing anything and you know that you're working your ass off and you're exhausted because you've been filming all day and they want you to do the same thing over and over, but with a little more fervor mm-hmm. and a different expression. But, you know, it is what it is. It's, I, I don't think, I think there's people in this world that decide they want to do something and, you know, I think that's also too why a lot of people get 
frustrated with people that do things. Like they, they have a dream and they aspire to do something. They meet somebody, they fall in love, have kids, and then they feel strapped or stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they're angry at their spouse or their kids or whoever else is around them. And I'm like, well, but you know what? It's not their fault. It's your fault. You're the one that made the decision to go down that road and start a life this yeah. way. Mm-hmm. You had an opportunity to do it this way. So you either need to man up or woman up and go down that road with your kids and your wife or your husband or go the other way. Yeah. You know, and I just, I don't feel sorry for people like that. I just, and they're just angry and bitter. Mm-hmm. And they look at you like, what's wrong with you? You know, yeah. especially now me. I mean, I don't have kids and I don't want any. That doesn't necessarily mean I don't like kids. I love kids, which is the weirdest thing. Because for a girl, when you say that, people look at you like you're some evil witch. When you say that you don't want kids. Yeah. Because you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to be barefoot and pregnant and cooking meals all the time. Oh, my God, shoot me now. Please <laughs> put me out of my misery. <clears throat> that's... Yeah. yeah. No. I, that's, that's not that's not life. Yeah. You know, and I... And that's such a. I know guys never get that, but women for some no, reason right. do, and it's it's yeah. it's still you know we're always going to have the 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 gender issue, the race issue, the religion issue. Those are always going to be issues in life. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's nineteen twenty or twenty twenty. It's it's going to be it's going to be that way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's absolutely. not going to change. I mean, people keep trying to make things change, and some stuff happens, but I mean, it takes years and years and years for people to get over things. I mean, race is still an issue even today, which is crazy. I mean, the whole thing that happened here in Dallas with the shooting and the, it's just, it's insane that hundreds of years have gone by and people still have, you know, such negative looks at people for the way that they are and the way that they live. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's crazy to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, which in, like you said, you've experienced just based on what you do or things that you have done. Oh, I get people uh, I get people saying things to me all the time. I mean, I have negative thrown at me day after day. I get rejected all the time. And it's funny, people are like, oh, you're always working. You're always doing so well. It must be so nice. I'm like, you don't see me when I'm at home crying, screaming into my pillow because that role I wanted so badly and worked so hard for went to somebody else. Mm. And I can't think for a week. You don't see that because nobody <clears throat> posts that on social media because it's not cute. Right, right. You know, you don't see when I'm got you know breakouts and I'm tired and I can't eat and I feel like crap and mm-hmm. you know you, you don't see those things mm-hmm. um, you know Hollywood likes to glamorize it with some you know major stars but I mean I'm not anywhere near there I have not arrived I'm still fighting I'm still hustling but I think again it goes back to being you know thick skin you have to be able to take no and mm-hmm. and understand that the word no doesn't mean you're ugly, you're fat, you're stupid, you're dumb, we don't want you, nobody likes you, nobody loves you. It just means, no, you're not right for this. Mm-hmm. And then you move on. You know, you have to get to a point where you're like, okay, I did that, and then go to the next thing. Yeah. That's such a great point. And I, um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's a, maybe, I don't know if it's more female um, thing with some of that. I don't know if guys process the same way in, in that of Well, you're a guy. You could tell me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I think some of it might be personality too. Just the well, what, I mean, sure, you've heard rejection and the stuff that you do. I mean, right? You, but I don't and think, how you deal with it in your own way. Yeah, but I think I don't know for a guy that it that it goes through that process of like, well, does that mean that I'm ugly or fat? All of those, you know, like, it doesn't enough, turn into like enough, yeah. body issue type stuff. You know? Well, but in this industry, you are graded per se on those things mm-hmm. so I think that's why that that comes in, into yeah. your mind because yeah, you are sense. graded on image 
I don't care sense. what anybody says. There are people that have been catapulted with not very much talent because of an image. There are mm. people that have been catapulted with a ton of talent and don't have an image. It just depends yeah. on your situation and what you're doing. Yeah, that's but true. But a lot of times in the entertainment mm. industry, image is a huge factor. I mean, I know I know girls that are aerialists or dancers or whatever that are really good and the client won't pick them because they don't like what they look like, even though they're 3,000 times better than this other girl that can do like two tricks. Mm. Mm. They want something pretty to look at. That yeah. is, that is, but that's also human nature. I mean, you're not going to go to a car lot and buy the car that's missing two doors and a wheel. You're going to buy the one that looks good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to go pick up an apple at the grocery mm. store that's got a bunch of bruises and maybe like a worm in it. You're going to pick mm. the one that's shiny and red. Yeah. You don't. It's a subconscious thing. It's a human nature thing, and you don't realize you're doing it. But if you're selling a product, which is what all of that is, as far as entertainment industry. Yeah. However, you mm-hmm. want to look at it. Yes, I'm an artist. Yes, I'm a performer. Um, but I have to understand that I'm always selling a product, whether it be myself or somebody else's product for their company. You are mm-hmm. always selling something. If you can't sell it, you don't get the job because in yeah. the end, it's about making money. Yeah. You know, and it's it's funny too because people are like, oh, that artist is a sellout. Oh, you're mad at them because they're able to pay their bills? Well, screw you. Right. That's such a weird... You know, what if yeah. they got kids at home? What if, what if they got a mortgage to pay? What if they, you know, just got into the industry and they had to buy a car because they were living out of a van for the last three years mm-hmm. you don't know their situation so yeah they sold out so they could eat leave them alone yeah. you know that's such a great point <laughs> you don't know yeah we make a lot of judgments about other people without knowing anything about their actual oh, situation yeah. yeah so how do you in, in that industry so how do you balance <clears throat> that for yourself and keep the grounded part of this is who I am I know I have to sell a product or myself in some ways how do you balance those two things well if it's something I really don't like I'm not gonna do it you know I mean if it I mean if it's you know selling something that I don't know let's see something that's really near and dear to my heart if it's like dog fighting and they're selling dogs to like rip each other apart and they're not feeding them yeah I'm going to be completely anti. I'm like, no, thank you. I don't want that opportunity because mm-hmm. I'm a huge animal person. You know, I don't, it kills me to see somebody hurt an innocent animal. Like that, what's that Sarah Lachlan commercial that comes oh, on every yeah. Christmas and yeah. you see all these sad puppies and kitties and I'm just like, turn it off, turn it off. Because I'll just sit there and start crying. And I've seen the commercial five billion times every yeah. single year. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I can't take it. I'm like, turn it off, turn it off. And not that I don't know what happens. It's just something like that. Like I would not be doing anything having to do with that, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, I guess that's one way you can say no. I mean, you don't have to accept every opportunity that comes at you, you know? Right. Um, are there a couple things that I've done that I wasn't like super enthused about that I took the job for? Yeah. But once you, I think once you meet the people sometimes that are behind it, like I've worked for a company that, you know, I was doing a model job for and I didn't really care about the product that much but the people that I met that had it were such nice people it was fun to work with them so it made it fun Mm -hmm. you know what I mean because at the end of the day it's just a thing it's Mm -hmm. just something yeah you know right it's a pencil it's a piece of rock or keys or fish that we don't know are alive or not I mean you know yeah um and I guess balance on the other side you you gotta do things for yourself um I like to be outside. I like to run. I like to cycle. I spend time with my dog. Um, I just went to Santa Fe, New Mexico with a bunch of my girlfriends, and we did, like, a spa trip, and it was amazing. Um, I was the only one that wasn't married and didn't have kids, so, of course, they all talked about their kids. (laughs) 
but you know when you're getting like a seaweed wrap and a massage you're drooling and could care less you're just you know whatever mm-hmm. um and just having fun i think having you know and not necessarily family because a lot of people base stuff on family and i'm i'm probably the wrong person to ask about that because i'm not very family oriented um it just hasn't really been my thing but I do think that you need a support system of some kind, whether it be like one good best friend or a group of friends or people that are in the same industry that believe in you that you don't have to explain yourself to. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm sure for you trying to start, you know, a nonprofit, it's it has to be like almost impossibly hard to do to convince people that what you're doing matters and you need mm-hmm. funding for this. And I mean, yeah. it has to be incredibly hard, but you just got to find that one person that believes in you. You know, mm-hmm. my current agent right now, I've known her for many, many years and I've gone through a couple other agents and, you know, she really believes in me as a person and is that I think to an artist, when you're constantly hearing rejection, you have to have, you know, whether it's your family, if you want it to be your family or your friends or hell, your dog, you got to have somebody that or some, I don't know, for me, it's, it's a heart that you feel like chills you out and calms you down mm-hmm. you know which I think too is probably why a lot of people in the entertainment industry turn towards drugs and alcohol a lot too because they don't really know how to cope with the rejection or <clears throat> even if they've done something and they you know are getting all this negative energy towards them nobody wants to have negative energy around them all the time you can't live that way yeah I mean you can't constantly function in a dark world and expect to be happy and smiling and perfect all the time you have to find some way to cope Mm -hmm. but I mean and I don't necessarily think that artists have it harder than anybody else you know there's people that like I said you know third world countries or different places are people that you've encountered Mm -hmm. with your charity that don't have anything you know and we look at our lives and like this is horrible this sucks but is it really that bad you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. I don't think so it can always be worse yeah for sure yeah I love that you said that about finding that one person that believes in you, but believes in you as a person. Right. Not just believes Not an in artist. the thing that you can exactly. do. Exactly. Which I think makes a huge difference. Yeah. Because then it's you at your core. It's not that character that you're playing or that mm-hmm. performance that you gave. Yeah, because I feel like, too, the and if, <clears throat> I have a feeling a lot of people depend on that, the person believing in what they can do, and then when they can't do that thing anymore, that person's Definitely not... Definitely fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, still um, a person, still right. a soul, or still a mind, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, think about, like, major athletes that have lost limbs or something. They feel like they're just worthless and can't live anymore, and how many suicides have happened because of that, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. You know, I'm worthless to the world now because I can't perform how I used to. Yeah. Really? You're still a person. You're still a heart. You're still a soul. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I feel like probably in some of those industries that doesn't get... Because it's not about that. No, because you're a product. Again, yeah. you're selling. It, if you're selling a product for somebody, you become part of their product. Mm-hmm. You're part of how they generate income. Mm-hmm. So you, that's why you have to look at it as it's a job. You can't, you know, stake your whole everything on that one job or that one thing. I mean, yeah, put your all into it. Give it every single ounce of energy you have and passion, but don't make it who you are. Yeah. You are something else. Are you capable of doing all these things and entertaining people and causing them to think and bringing emotion? Sure, but that's not who you are. I mean, 
it's a it's a very fine line. It is who I am at my core. And again, I've I said that you know, there's nothing that would stop me from doing it. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm that chick that goes home and wants to take all her makeup off and put my hair in a bun and sit in sweatpants on the couch with my dog. Mm-hmm. You know, that's me. I just want to veg for a minute, drink some hot tea, and stare out the window, mm-hmm. or you know, sing to myself. I mean, you you, you got to have your own. And I'm not perfect. I mean, I screw up all the time. Um, I don't want to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's so boring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if, if, you know, being an entertainer really, I, I guess people look at you differently because you do draw attention and you are expected to be a certain way. But I'm not, I'm not really anybody. I mean, I've, I've done stuff. I mean, I'm proud of my accomplishments, but I'm nobody to be looked at as anything amazing I mean I'm still working on me I'm still working on you know getting bigger and better and it's Mm -hmm. I think that's part of what drives me too is it's like oh I want to do this and I want to do that it's not like I've done it I'm done Mm -hmm. you know you always have to be growing you always have to be finding something new and for people who have that mindset like you it's invigorating and it's always fun to be around them but Mm -hmm. people who don't it's really hard to spend time with them because they don't understand why you're still doing it you know, I have some girlfriends, like some of the ones I went with, they're just like, why are you still doing this? You know, don't you want to, you know, settle down? And to me, that is like a gray, like weird twilight zone world of that I never want to go into. But for yeah. them, that's their sunshine, happy field of joy. You know, yeah. you can't place everybody. It's like I said, you know, with the woman thing, you can't put somebody in a certain mold just because of what they look like or who they are or what they do or where mm-hmm. they come from. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You got to give everybody a chance to do what they want. But, you, I mean, you're going to get criticized for doing anything. It doesn't matter what you do. You could be doing something completely yeah. wonderful That's for people. And point. people are going to tell you that you're doing something wrong or doing it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard it. You know, you should be doing this because this is not the way that it should be done. Or you'd oh, be doing yeah. better if time. you did it, you know, <clears throat> with this <clears throat> person in charge. Or I don't even know. Yeah. Oh, we get it all the time. I've gotten... I've gotten things like, uh, you know, you're not, because we're not straight out, for lack of a better term, preaching to people. Yeah. Like, in in that, let's take, like, the laundry project, because we're not straight out going, like, hey, right, and you need them to a know pamphlet. Jesus, and, right, exactly. and all that kind of stuff, that we're not But don't you feel like sometimes people anything. are turned away by that, because of, like, oh, me absolutely. personally, even, with the experiences that I've had, I've met so many hypocritical people within that world that it leaves such a bad taste in my mouth. People mm-hmm. are like, oh, so you, you have pushed away your, your faith. No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. You're not understding. I've pushed away those people. Yeah. It has nothing to do with me and my relationship. It has nothing to do with me and my soul and my passion for what I do is, is my living. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's, there's so much negative in so many different ways. You, you, I think what you're doing with the Laundry Love Project, I mean, I even told you whatever I can do to help you, I'd be happy to. But I think what you're doing is just showing love and you're reaching out to people that need it. Mm-hmm. And really, that's that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I agree. I think we, especially growing up at Church World, uh, we're really good at talking about things and telling people oh, yeah. what's wrong or what should right. be different, all that kind of stuff. Not as good It's easy to at, point a finger. Yeah. It's really easy to point a finger. Right. It's a lot harder to get off your ass. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. 
So a lot of times, so I learned this trick when I was a when I was a youth pastor when I first started out that people would come to me with ideas of like, oh, we should do this for the church or with the church, whatever the church should do this, blah blah blah. So my my standard answer to people became, that's a great idea. You should do that. That's awesome. <laughs> but when people give yeah. you ideas, they want you to do it. Right. It's like, because they don't want to make want, the effort. I don't want to do it because that's too that's too it's too hard, hard for me. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's, but that's usually the case. I mean, with yeah. anybody, it's like, oh, well, you shouldn't have done this, or you should have done this role, or whatever. Well, you do it. Mm-hmm. You think you can do a better job? Clearly, you're passionate about Here's it. Here's the stage. Yeah. There's the mic. Knock it out. Mm-hmm. Walk on up. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. I can't. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, you're a professional. I'm not. Oh, but, but I thought you just said I should do it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, somebody's always going to have advice or yeah. unsolicited unsolicited advice. Yes. There's always, yeah, what did no matter I see what the other day? It's like, stop talking about it, just shut the fuck up and do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, yeah. You know, right. quit talking about things you want to do, do it. And if you screw it up, great, try something else mm-hmm. or do it again a different way. Yeah, and I think, but I think that's probably the problem for a lot of people is they, <laughs> going back to a couple of things you said, like, Going into a room for an audition, a lot of people I feel like don't do it or they're afraid of it because they're they're I think they're less afraid of not getting the role, they're more afraid of the rejection that that communicates. Maybe. I mean like, there's always nerves. Always yeah, no, because right, you you're, that, you, but, you're walking into a room knowing you're gonna be judged. Yeah, Period. Right. But I th- right, you know, that's what I'm saying it, at the it, core it, level, it, that's yeah. the fear, is like, oh, I'm gonna get judged right. by these people. Right. Well and it's even like my brother put it one time, he was like, So you're always it's always like you're going on a job interview. Mm, and I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? You're right. He's like I've been in the same yeah. in the same job in the same company for ten years. He's like, I can't imagine every day, like twice a day or however many times a week, going and interviewing all the time mm-hmm. for a job. He's like, I would go out of my mind. I'm like, you know, I never really looked at it that way. You just yeah, kind of do it and move on. But yeah, you're. I mean, you're totally right. It's you're. I mean, you're always going to get a negative. You're always going to get a judgment. But again, I mean, if you go to a restaurant, people are going to look at you and judge you. Oh my God, those shoes with that dress. I don't think so. I mean, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it could, it could be anything. You never know what you're going to do. But I, I find that if that happens sometimes, usually putting a smile on your face and sticking your hand out and being like, hey, I'm Aaron. Nice mm-hmm. to meet you. It'll either dumbfound them and shut them up because they realize that you heard them or you figured out what they were doing. Or they'll be like, oh, this person's really nice. Maybe I should get to know them. Mm -hmm. Hey, what's going on? You know? Yeah. And you take a chance with that too. But, I mean, you just give it your own shot and be you. I mean, everyone's like, oh, just be you. Be your best self. And that's kind of a hard thing to say because some people don't know who who the you is. It looks nice on a a t-shirt. Right. Uh, Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Be happy. Be you. Yeah, that's probably, for most people, not to get real too philosophical, but I feel like for most people... They don't really know who they are, and they're not yeah. comfortable with themselves. Right. So they don't, um, you know. Yeah, I can be, I'll be me, or but I don't know who I am. So I ended up doing these things or other stuff that I'm not, I don't really like, or right. You know. But I also think though that if you do stuff that you don't like, you learn from it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean there's people that take forever to figure out who they are and what they want. I mean yeah. I've got friends that are. Huh, I have friends that were married and had kids and are gay now because mm-hmm. they decided they didn't want to live a lie to themselves anymore. Yeah. And bravo for them to doing that. You know, I, I'm i never going to judge somebody like that because it has to be so incredibly hard to be a person that is not strong enough to just be like, yep, this is me. Here's who I am. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. You know, 
especially if it's something like, you know, race or sexuality or whatever. I mean, those are things that unfortunately, you know, sometimes come with violence. And it's not necessarily a judgment thing. It's a scary thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't. I don't like the whole judging thing. I try not to do it to other people. I mean, we're all human. We do it. But I try to, as much as I can, to either stop myself or look back and be like, you know what? I don't know a damn thing about this person and where they came from. Mm-hmm. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Because they're doing it well, to me. Because it's always <laughs> a thing that we don't understand. Yeah. Like, that's that we that we judge or, or fear or whatever. Like, I, I mean, I just thinking about in your in your career field, people making judgments about you because they don't understand the industry that you're in and how you operate in that industry. Yeah. Or you shouldn't have done that picture. That's just too revealing. Does mm-hmm. your parent, do your parents know they're doing that? Yeah, I'm an adult and I pay my own bills, but yes, my parents know I've done it. Do they <laughs> like it? Probably not. Does it matter? Not really. Because mm-hmm. if they're, you know, if they're good parents, they still love me. Um, <clears throat> do I have past relationships, you know, that didn't work out because of it? Is that my problem? No. Yeah. You know, when you become friends with somebody or you fall in love with somebody you have to take them at their at their faults you can't take them at their high mm-hmm. you know I think what Marilyn Monroe said if you you can't love me at my worst then you don't deserve me at my best mm-hmm. I mean it's so true and somebody yeah. who's considered to be a complete ditz blonde idiot yeah I mean there's so many profound things that you know we've learned but we don't really listen to mm-hmm. I don't think people yeah. really pay attention to what is said and you know if you look back at anybody who's gotten somewhere that I guess the public would consider to be successful. You don't see the downtimes. You don't see, you know, how far they hot at, excuse me, fought and sleepless nights and the work they put into it or the money they lost. And can I pay my own rent now because I'm putting so much into the, you know, my career. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you know what that's like too. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, too, I think there's a, uh, <clears throat> we tend to forget that we're we have baggage and that we have negatives so it's easy to look at someone else's baggage and forget that yeah yeah I'm just as bad in the in other ways like if I consider that thing bad that they're doing or that they are right but how are there levels of evil I mean I mean I guess there are like I mean well yeah no I mean we put them things yeah, like that but some of that we we put on but it's a it's a we're always jockeying for like, well, at least I'm not as bad as that person. So we feel better about ourselves. Yeah. Instead of, yeah, I am fully capable of being just as bad as that person. So I, I think have everybody no is. way to be able to judge I think what they did. What is, um, what's that movie, The Purge? I think mm. that it rings true for, in a lot of ways. I mean, yes, it's a, you know, a Hollywood, you know, ideal, but... I think that if we were given the opportunity to really do things that we felt like doing, mm-hmm. people would be surprised at themselves. You know, oh, if you yeah. weren't afraid of a consequence, if you weren't afraid of a judgment, mm-hmm. you know, what would you really do? Yeah. I just read a story <laughs> of a lady. How she's far would famous. you really go? Yeah. It's a story I just read recently. Is a, about this. She was a famous, I think, European model in the late 70s that did a, like, basically a human installation of herself in a in a uh, uh, a gallery and she had all these stuff laid out on a table all different things like there was even a knife on the table there was a gun on the table um, all these different things and basically for I forget what the, the amount of time was but for a certain amount of hours the sign was basically you can you can do anything you want to me or this 
the body standing mm-hmm. in front of you with no there's no consequence mm-hmm. and she she did it as a social experiment and oh, the, yeah <clears throat> and so the, the way the story was talking about like the the stuff that some of these people like it eventually got worse and worse and worse as people felt the comfortability of oh yeah there is no consequence right and like some really kind of brutal stuff but then as soon as as soon as time was over immediately most of those people there was like an instant shame in the room that you're talking about that mm-hmm. like they all like it's just like this disbursement of people of like oh god once there was a recognition of oh that's not an inanimate object in front of me because she would not react like the whole thing was I'm not going to react there's not going to be <clears throat> um, and so when they separated the hum- the humanity of her mm-hmm. from all that it's like that show Westworld that's out right now yeah which is amazing yeah um, Anthony Hopkins, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know we started all this to talk about, you know, me and my career and what we're doing and how I boldly go somewhere else. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's better than anybody else. I think that what's interesting to people is, you know, if this person chooses this type of lifestyle, you know, even if it's crazy or whatever... It's entertainment because it's something that they're afraid to do. Mm. You know, I'll sit back and watch you do it. But like you said, people would come up to you and be like, oh, I think you need to do it this way. Your organization needs to be run this way or do the church this way. It's interesting to them because they can have an opinion and they can talk about it, but then they can wash their hands of it and walk away. Right. You know, they don't have to be directly involved in it. Yeah. Because I think once people get directly involved in some things, it does become really scary. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know, but I guess for me, like, I, part of the fear sort of drives me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a, I, well, I think it should. I think there, we do have a kind of an idea of, like, well, you got to get rid of fear. Like, if you have fear, you're not going to accomplish that thing. I don't think that's true. I think it's, I think it, you I think have you to, need it. fear drives the courage. Cur- yeah. You know, you can't you really have true courage what, without fear. Yeah, you don't know what you can do if you don't try. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. So when it comes to your, um, what you're doing now, like what's your, where are you going acting wise or um, well, what are you looking to do? Um, I mean, I, I want to be an actor until I die, to be honest. I'm, I've been a performer since I was little. I don't, I don't want to do anything else. I don't know how to explain it. Um, I think when you really get into a character and I really, really like playing the villain. I really do, which is mm. another reason why I got rid of the blonde, because I think for me, I did more model jobs when I was blonde, because especially being in Dallas and the whole, but people would get to know me and they would just look at me like, you don't really fit this whole picture here. Yeah. Um, it's so funny and I really that. did it. I really didn't fit it. Blonde. I mean, I just, <coughs> it kind of got irritating for me that I was supposed to be like this all the time. And oh my God, and I was just like, if I'd see somebody like that, I'd be like, please shut up. <laughs> um <laughs> So for me, I love to play the villain. I like to play something that's, you know, really deep or even crazy because I feel like then you get to experience, it's like an out-of-body thing. Like, you get to be this person. It's kind of like we were talking about with that the chick with the, the, um, the cast of herself. You get to be something that you're not, but it's an experience and it's a memory that you have. I mean, the last one that I did, I the harrowing that's coming out that was with um, Matt Tompkins and Arnold Vosloo and Michael Ironside, which are great 
and John Keyes is a director who I've worked with a couple times now who's amazing. Um, you work with really great people that are really good at what they do, and you can see how far they get into their character and their work, and it's really inspiring. Um, and the one I did before that um, was a film loosely based on the story Little Mermaid. I played a drug-addicted burlesque dancer, which was really fun. Mm. Um, so that was It was a sexy role, but I got to, you know, basically be attacked and kind of internal turmoil with that and I had to learn how to smoke a fake cigarette because they're like oh well you need to be smoking to go into your you know AA meeting and I'm Mm. like I've never smoked in my life so they had to order these cigarettes from Europe that were like they tasted like burning sticks I don't even know but it was horrible because for like a week my (laughs) mouth and my fingers smelled and tasted like like that it was disgusting I'm like how do people do this for real Uh, uh it was so bad um but getting to go like that far crazy and I, I think for me too the reason why I like it so much is because I don't have to be perfect I don't have to be pretty my hair doesn't have to be perfectly curled I don't have to have the perfect outfit on and you know look like I'm this woman of desire in the camera all the time mm-hmm. I can be that messy makeup running down my face hair nasty legs cut open whatever and really fall hard into it and that I don't know to me that's so much more I'm getting chill bumps that's so much more of who I am. Um, I like playing the bad and the crazy so much more, mm-hmm. you know. And for me, whenever I watch a film and I see someone that's a villain or whatever, and you 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 get so involved in the story that you literally hate that person, and you're like, "Can they just die already? They're so horrible." Mm-hmm. You forget that they're an actor and you're watching a story because yeah. that's what it is. It's a story, and to me, that's the most amazing thing because you're causing. A genuine emotion in somebody mm-hmm. you're making them physically want to go to the TV and be like die you know or yeah. stop and that's just I don't know to me that's that's what does it for me mm. when you can pull raw emotion from people that you don't even know I mean it's like even performances on stage when you can make them just stop and feel something I mean there's nothing else like that yeah you know yeah. People are so stuck in their daily routines, round and round and round and round, and doing the same thing over and over and over. And I think that's, yeah, I mean, that's it for me. Yeah. And you can draw emotion and make somebody feel something. That's just the coolest thing to me. Yeah. I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, uh, I totally understand that from the receiving side of that performance. Because mm-hmm. I... That to me is like, all right, you're a really good actor because you just made me hate you. Exactly. I don't even know you. Exactly. Um, and you're and I'm, you're not that character, but you just made me hate. You. Right. If I saw you in person after watching that, I'd want to. Like, great example is Game of Thrones. Yeah. The I forget his name now, but he, Joffrey, I think, mm-hmm. like the the boy that, was a, that became the king. I'm like, God, you're like in real life. Kid. 12 years old, 30, yeah. whatever it is, like, and I want to strangle you. And yeah. I don't even, just from your performance. And yeah. that's impressive that you can, yeah. because I know going in that that's not you, that this right. is a TV show, you're not a real person. Right. Or that character is not a real but person. But doesn't, it just, but it makes you feel something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's, again, that's just the coolest thing in the world to me. It's, I don't know, it's, there's nothing like it. Um, and I think that's what, I think that's what all actors and performers fight for is that chance to do it again. Mm. You know? Because I, I feel like, and for me, when you're not doing it, you feel like you're just drowning. 
Mm -hmm. You know, you're just waiting for another opportunity for someone to believe in you enough to go, you know what? Yes, you're perfect for that. But also, too, it's like I said, I don't have to be this perfect little doll. You know, I mean, yeah, I still do model jobs here and there because it's it's income and it's fun and I love to travel and I, you know, meet new friends and things like that. So I don't I don't dislike it, but it's it's so different from being a performer where you can work with other people that have your same mindset. I think, you know, on the modeling side, I mean, not that all of them, but a lot of the girls that I've worked with are just kind of vapid. They're not really there. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of them are chasing a wallet or, you know, something that can set them up and they mm-hmm. don't have to do anything anymore. And that's, I don't know if I'd ever really want to be there. I don't necessarily want to find a rich guy that can fly me all over the world and give me whatever I want because I'll end up being in this giant house by myself drinking myself to death because he's out with some new young hot one you know I don't that's not the life I aspire to I'd rather be with a bunch of theater nerds and art geeks you Mm -hmm. know that would be way more fun yeah so but yeah I get thrown into the other side a lot which is kind of hard it's very hard to explain to people like I said that don't don't get it because they look at you and they think, oh, well, you should be doing this and you should be living here and why aren't you doing this? And, you know, it's not who I am. Mm-hmm. It's not what I want. Yeah. If I want to go buy a brand new pair of shoes, I'll go to the store and get it myself. I don't need some guy to do it for me, mm-hmm. you know. And I also don't want to be defined by, you know, what I look like. But I can't say that I'm not using image and what I've learned to open doors. I mean, I, that would be really hypocritical for me to say that I don't enjoy it. I do. Um, and I have used it to my advantage because I don't look at it as, again, who I am. It's To me, it's a business. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it since I was you know, in high school. When I realized I could make money at it and you know, support myself, then it became, okay, how can I do this better? What else do I need to change? What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and people on the religious side would say, oh, well, you're doing this to yourself and this and blah, blah, blah. Well, you get up, do you take a shower? Do you brush your hair? Do you put nice clothes on? Sure you do. Is that sinful? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you kind of twist in the coin here a little bit. Yeah. So I, I think, and I think that's why I've had some longevity too, is because I do treat it as a business. It is my business. It's what I want to do. You know, I figure out a way to make a living at it. Mm-hmm. I'm not anywhere near where I want to be. But I'm sure as hell not going to stop. Yeah, that's and I think it's a great point too that uh, we did. I think we do tend to approach things as we want the end result right away, rather than yeah, success, this is a journey. Yeah. This is, and I'm going to keep working at that. Right, but then you learn from it too. Mm-hmm. Maybe you make memories and you get better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so to kind of wrap it up a little bit. Um, what are you What are you working on now? Anything you want to promote? Anything that you have coming up or coming out? Or anything? Um, the heroin is going to be coming out soon, um, so that's that's going to be hitting. Uh, Ghost Note, which is the one I had a smaller role in, um, is hitting theaters soon. They just they're actually having the premiere tonight, which I can't be at because I'm going to Austin for mm. MotoGP for model job. Um, what is that one called? Ghost Note. Ghost Note. Uh huh. Okay. Directed by Troy Hart, who's an amazing guy. Such a great cast and crew. And um, they entered it in a festival, and two of the guys in it already won Best Actor, which is great for them. Nice. Um, I, I work on a lot of indie films. I haven't, you know, moved to L.A. or moved to New York. Um, and mostly, it's it's not really a fear thing. New York, mostly, because it's freaking cold there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I've worked in L.A. 
Um, I just, I don't know. That whole world of being in the club every night and doing this and schmoozing with these people, and I just, I'd rather be, like I said, a nerdy theater geek just working on my art. I don't want to have to be out partying all the time in order to make connections and prove to somebody that I'm good enough because I don't really think that you that doesn't really show you as an artist it just shows you as a party girl mm-hmm. I'm not that girl I've never been that girl still to this day I've never done a drug in my life don't care to um, I know people that do I don't judge them for it it's how they want to live their life if they ask me for advice you know my flat out advice to them is well it's going to kill you one day I mean that's just how it is mm-hmm. I don't but I'm not going to say you're a bad person for doing anything you know, I mean, I drink here and there, but it's, I don't get to the point where I'm, you know, hurting somebody or whatever, but I, and I know people have, you know, hard times with certain things, but I would certainly never judge anybody for doing what they're doing. I'm just trying to hustle and continue doing what I love. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love it. Well, uh, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm proud of you. I love, I love that, um, something I've always admired about you is that you just do your, like, you're doing your thing. Well, that's really nice because I think it's, it's hard to hear, especially from family, which is probably why I'm not that close, that, you know, <clears throat> one of these days I need to get a real job. Mm. And I, yeah. if I've heard that so many times, it just doesn't even, you know, or when are you going to get married and have kids? And I don't want that life. Mm-hmm. James Vaterbeek, I don't want your life. <laughs> <laughs> What a reference, James Vanderbeek, man. Oh, that's amazing. So, I always like to close with two questions. One, last one to you, and then one to the audience and people listening. So, um, in your opinion, uh, because this this whole podcast is all about, like you said, it's titled Boldly Going. It's about people hearing your story, hearing what you're doing, pursuing your dream. Um, I'm curious, do you think, do you feel like every person has that ability to boldly go, whatever term you want to put on it, follow that dream, pursue it, and why or why not? The political answer would be yes. You can always follow your dream. If you can dream it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. That's what everybody that's made it huge or any rock star says. I don't think that's true. I think that, like we talked about, it's a personality thing. Mm. I think you either want to do it or you don't and I don't think that putting a gun to somebody's head is going to make them want to do it anymore mm. you either have that drive or you don't not to say that if you grew up in a small town and you live in a small town and you want to start a muffin shop that you couldn't do it you know but I I think when people associate boldly going or achieving their dream it has to be something bigger and greater than where they grew up I don't necessarily think that it has to be that way mm-hmm you know, I mean, you could you could be a stay-at-home mom and have seven kids and, you know, start a little side company on the Internet making muffins. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you're any less courageous. Mm. Yeah. You know? That's a great Some answer. Some people don't have it in them to just get up and move and go somewhere. Yeah. Some people would drown if they didn't, myself included. Mm-hmm. So I guess I would have to reword your question. Mm-hmm. I think you have to do what makes you happy. I don't think that it necessarily takes courage depending on what you're doing. Because mm-hmm. if you really love doing it, then it doesn't really require a whole lot of courage. Mm-hmm. It's just who you are. Yeah. 
And I think if it's something you're terrified of doing, then you shouldn't do it. It's going to drive you crazy. Mm -hmm. Stay where you're happy. Do what's good for you. And if not, if it's something greater you aspire to, then get off your ass and go. Awesome. That's a great answer. Oh, good. Yeah. There, and I'm not looking necessarily for any specific answer. I just like to know oh, what but your you're particular judging me. philosophy is. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, yeah, no, I, I just I want people to hear your philosophy of what, what that means or what that looks like. That was a great answer. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. So to um, kind of finish out, last question is to the audience, people listening. You've heard a story. You've heard Erin's story, um, what she's doing, where she's been, where she's going. Um, and we talked a little bit about you don't have to accomplish the whole dream at one time or the goal, whatever, whatever you want to put on it. So what can you do this week? What one thing can you do this week, this month to start down that road? Like she said, to start the muffin shop or whatever it is. Like You don't have to accomplish it all right now. But what is the thing that makes you happy and what can you start doing to get into that place? So, Aaron, thanks for being on. Well said. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for being on. You're welcome. Yeah, you're great. Any, oh, where can people find you? Or do they follow, follow you on Instagram, anything like that? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's um, at emarygarrett or my website, erinmariegarrett.com. It's awesome. easy. Okay. Great. Everybody's done. <laughs> Ha 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 